welcome to Weight Loss for Small Animal Vets podcast. I am Nadina Kojokaru, DVM and Certified Life and Weight Coach. Hello friends! Welcome to episode 20 of the podcast. Lessons from 10 years as an immigrant small animal vet. It's celebration again. This month is our 10th anniversary of our new life in Sweden, And we've reached the 20th podcast. As I promised you, every 10th episode I will have something special presented. Some deeper personal reflections uh, than usual or a special guest. We'll see how it goes. And being a celebration week, I want to remind you to celebrate as well. What did my clients celebrate these last weeks? Falling in love again with their veterinary businesses. Falling in love with their medical brains and gut feelings. Getting out from frustration and confusion faster and being able to refocus and enjoy their days at work. Reaching Wonderland or, for people who are unfamiliar with this word, reaching a weight that starts with 100-something pounds instead of 200-or-something pounds. Friends, celebration is freaking challenging. We are so good at beating ourselves up when the shit hits the fan, but so damn unaware that we are the ones who create the desired outcomes in our lives as well. So, I am focusing more and more with my clients on awareness about how they've created the celebration-worthy results as well. Back to the celebration of 10 years as an immigrant small animal vet, I want to share with you the good, the bad, the ugly and the fun. If you are an immigrant as well, you'll recognize yourself in some of those stories for sure. Lesson number one started at home in Romania, before my husband and I even decided to move to Sweden. We accepted that people from our former home country, sometimes the closest family members, will judge us, shame us, blame us, and they will think and say things about us that are not true. We accepted that Sometimes we won't be able to attend funerals, weddings, celebrations, anniversaries. We accepted that people from the former homeland will judge us and shame us for maybe forgetting a word in our mother tongue or for using a new word from our second language to describe a concept inexistent in our former country. Lesson number one was, it will hurt like hell, let it hurt, it's okay. We've decided to rely on our unconditional love for each other, on unconditional acceptance of our decisions and unconditional love and acceptance of those people. We will always have each other and 
The pain doesn't get better. It's okay. Lesson number two started also before moving to Sweden. We accepted that some people from our current home country, Sweden, will judge us, mock us, ridicule us, discriminate us, pay us less than a person equally qualified as us, say and think and do things that they would never dare to do or to say to a fellow Swede. We accepted that people in our new homeland will judge us and shame us and mock us for not being able to speak as a native Swede and they will feel entitled to remind us and point this out to us on a regular basis. Lesson number two was also, it will hurt like hell and that's okay. Lesson number three, discuss and get in writing a pre-planned renegotiation of your job contract six months after accepting a job. Because if you are new in a country and you don't have anyone close to you who knows how the things were done in your former country and how they are done in your new country, you will always lose money. You don't know yet what you don't know. This is useful no matter if you are an immigrant or not. It's even useful if you are just starting your vet career. And it's useful if you are an amazing small animal vet, no matter how young, old, what gender identification you have, if you are an immigrant or a person from another commonly discriminated community or minority. And you know this by now, but be prepared to over-deliver, to be able to create the income you require from that employer in a couple of work days or in a work week or whatever, so it will become a no-brainer for your employer to raise your income. Lesson number four was that I've done everything in my power to not get lost in translation. Even if you move from an English-speaking country to another English-speaking country, or Spanish, or French, or whatever, anything I say in this lesson applies to you as well. So, try to learn the specific dialects of the new country, or the new areas of your country, or you might get lost in translation as well. I've seen this problem over and over again, with other vet colleagues who haven't embraced the discomfort of failing at epic proportions and the discomfort of being ridiculed or mocked by other colleagues, so they avoided learning to communicate in Swedish. I was able to communicate in Swedish with the pet owners three months after moving here. In fact, eight or nine months after moving here, I took a Swedish language test. It was an online test at the Swedish for Immigrants school in a controlled environment. People in charge of teaching immigrants the Swedish language from the Ministry of Education wanted to know how the heck I was able to nail that test at 
that speed to get so high scores and so soon after moving to Sweden without attending too many classes because I worked, of course. And my answers. I was willing to fail. I was open to be corrected all the time. I focused my attention like a dog with a bone (laughs) to learn the language of the country I chose to move to. I deeply believe that speaking to people in their language will make me a better vet for their pet. And I deeply believe that I will be able to help a shit ton of pets by being able to communicate with their owners directly. I was able to advocate and resonate with a lot of pet owners who would have chosen to put their animals to sleep instead of treating or getting some surgeries done. And they were all happy for their decisions later on. I was also open to say things in a really, really wrong way and opened to be ridiculed. That created quite hilarious situations like the one when I pronounced the word C-U-N-T-S instead of the word bribes. Yep, I just said that. These two words are just a double consonant away from each other, resulting in a long or a short vowel. So yep, my inability of pronouncing the word bribe in relation to giving, to giving treats to the pets, resulted in me asking the pet owners if they use to offer C-U-N-T-S to their pets. I avoid these words like the plague currently, because for the love of anything sacred on this planet, I am not able to remember which one is which, And I won't trust my pronunciation anyhow. So those two words are big no's. The same is true for the word lump and an informal word for sexual intercourse. So again, I both wrote in the medical chart and on the discharge medical letter the word for the sexual intercourse describing a lump between anus and vulva. Both those situations created really funny days, filled with a lot of belly laughs, both for myself, the pet owners, and the nurses who discovered the misspelling or who heard the pronunciation that I used. And I felt a little bit better last year when a well-established international vet company made a social media campaign in Sweden for free clinical exams of lumps using the misspelled word instead. So, yep, they offered free sexual intercourse checks. Lesson number five. Be prepared to know the laws and the rules. We moved here because... We valued the freedom of speech, 
the respect of the laws and rules, and the beautiful nature of Sweden. And this lesson helped us tremendously in mitigating world conflicts, negotiating new contracts, or just be sure that we are treated equally and we are not discriminated. And by knowing the laws and the rules, we were able to help even non-immigrant colleagues with their contracts. Lesson number six. If you don't like doing something, it's probably because you are not that good at that thing. So go towards it to fix it. I've learned this lesson from my mom, who was a teacher her whole career. She always said that if you don't like solving math problems, it's because you are not that good at that yet. And damn, she was right about it. In the beginning of my career as a vet, I hated writing the medical charts because I wasn't sure if I was doing it right or if I am putting too little or too much in the charts. The years went by and I started to like writing the charts because I got better and better in finding my style. And then I moved to Sweden. And then it opened again this problem. I found myself with piles and piles of handwritten notes that were not in the patient's medical records on the computer. And I recognized immediately that the problem was 1. According to the Swedish law, you are only allowed to write the medical records in Swedish, Danish or Norwegian, not in English. And 2. I was still not proficient enough in medical Swedish and I didn't know exactly how to write them. Or I was telling myself that I didn't know exactly how to write them. I don't allow my clients to tell themselves I don't know, because we aren't able to find solutions to our problem if we believe that thought. I tell them to ask themselves, if you knew what to do, how would you solve that problem? If you guessed, how would that look like? Just to take them out from the confusion that the thought I don't know creates. When my medical records piled up over a few weeks, I faced the discomfort and got on top of them, thinking that something is better than nothing. This is a common problem even with non-immigrant vets. If you do this as well, what's your bullshit story that keeps you stuck and your medical records piling up? I would suggest to exercise that BS story. Lesson number seven. Don't allow the ignorance or the biases of other people stand in the way of high quality veterinary care just because they tell you that you are an effing immigrant, you are not allowed to touch my dog, or only a Swedish vet is allowed to check my dog. They are confused, they are afraid, their biases have nothing to do with you. You get to decide 
if you want to engage with them or not. And it's okay to want to continue treating their pets, especially when you are the only one with the competence to solve the problem. And sometimes it's okay to tell them to hit the freaking road and to refuse to treat their pets. Lesson number eight. Don't be afraid to interrupt and double check if you understood correctly what was said. I was always open to admit that I might have been lost in translation. One year after moving to Sweden, I had a young couple coming in and the young female pet owner described that her young intact male dog had some lumps on his abdomen. I suspected that it had something to do with the dog's penis because the lumps were inexistent during the clinical exam and according to her description they were coming and going. And she also told me that those lumps are getting bigger when she touches the snop. But I didn't know what snop means, so I went out and asked my nurses. And I found out that, yup, the word snop means penis in common Swedish. The Swedes seldom use the word penis. Even in medical records, a doctor will use it for the clinical exam, but not in taking the history. They use the word snop. So, one year after moving to Sweden, I've realized that I didn't know the word snop. (laughs) And, yep, the young female owner was masturbating the dog without realizing it. Be open to ask for explanations and admit when you don't understand something. Commit to this. And this commitment is an internal one. You know why? Because some people will always want to use your immigrant status and the language against you. And when they say that you have misunderstood them by being so internally committed with openness to be sure that you do understand, you can easily tell them to fuck off. Okay, in a nicer way. Don't expect this to go away, not even after 10 years. See lesson number two. Lesson number nine. Fall in love with your accent, if you have one. Friends, I've just realized that I am even an immigrant in your brains right now because if you haven't noticed, I speak English with an accent. And I don't live in an English-speaking country where the vast majority of you live. I've done my extensive work to try to be as intelligible as possible, both in English and in Swedish. And while I am still open to receive feedback on some misspelled words or on the situations 
where I offer my pet patients C-U-N-T-S, I am not willing to be mocked or ridiculed about the way I pronounce some vowels and some consonants anymore. I am done with accepting this, as long as people do understand what I am saying. My mother tongue shaped my phonation system in a different way than a native Swedish or English speaker. And I don't find it useful or necessary to put up with the mocking anymore. Decide as well that you belong where you are and decide as well that your accent is a proof of what you've accomplished by moving to another country and to a different culture. Speak your new language with passion and pride about the accent touches you've brought into their culture and into their heritage. You belong. You are amazing. You are loved. And those people, those people who want to cut down your uniqueness and your core and the way your DNA and your environment shaped up your phonation muscles and your villum and your vocal folds way beyond the intelligibility of your phrases. Those people are just confused. It's okay to suddenly step into another level of confidence and belonging and to put a stop to the mocking and to the cutting of your unique accent and to the lack of inclusion and acceptance. Stay in your power, friend. You are amazing. Lesson number 10. Remember to recommit and fall in love again and again with your profession, workplace and the country you chose to live in. It's so easy to forget that these are our lives right now. We are living our past selves' dreams. I pinch myself and remind myself this every day. I created that. I am doing it in the exact same way I did in my relationship with my husband. I've embraced the good, the bad, the ugly. And I am in love with the good, the bad, the ugly of being a Romanian small animal vet immigrant. And I'm in awe of being alive and kicking in this day and age and to be present as an immigrant non-native English speaker podcast creator in your brains. Thank you for letting me in there. I love it all and more to come. Happy 10th anniversary for me and my husband's new country. Happy 20 podcasts anniversary. And happy 45 birthday for me as well. I'm sending you a lot of loving hugs, my friends.